Have you ever seen so many gay couples in a commercial? Have you ever seen so many black and white couples? I mean, I'm seeing it left and right. And I know, you know, some people are going to take a stance and say, no, now that's getting ridiculous. And I'm like, no, it's starting to represent our society. It's representing all the people in the U.S. And it's just like, they're just starting to catch up. It's not pandering. They're catching up with and starting to reflect the world around them. People were coming to our booth and just we loving it. We had lines, like all the other corporations are like, what are you guys doing? And we're like, it's called marketing. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Promo Kitchen podcast. We are very excited this week to have two amazing and wonderful people joining us for our conversation. We have Kelly Henderson, who's a COO of Brand Pride, and Elise Lindbark, who's the CEO of Brand Pride, based in Seattle. And they are two people that I've admired from afar, and they are joining us for a special Pride Month feature of Promo Kitchen. It's instead of orange, we're rainbow this week. Welcome, and thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you for having us. Perfect. We're also joined today by my co-chef, Josh Story from Zoom Catalog, and he is part of our wonderful podcast today. So welcome as well, Josh, to the podcast and the official one instead of behind the scenes. Yeah, it's not often that I get put in front of the mic, so I'm happy to be here. Fabulous. So I'm going to kick us off because I am really interested to hear more about Brand Pride. So why don't you tell us about who you are and your business? Well, Kelly and I, way back in the year 2000, kind of fell into the promotional product industry. She was working for the Seattle Times, and I was getting my master's in public health and realized that I did not like public health. And I created this giant cigarette costume that we had made for the health department. It cost $2,200. And it had this big Mr. Yuck face on it and everyone loved it and everyone wanted to borrow it. And because it was so expensive, we told them no. (laughs) And since I had no work, didn't really know what I was doing, I created a prototype of the giant cigarette costume and I wore it to the World Conference on Tobacco or Health in Chicago. She crashed this conference. I crashed it and I started (laughs) handing out flyers. The costume was collapsible. You could hand wash it because the kids like to beat it up. And I sold it for $5.99. So it was way less than the one we had. And I think it cost me $500 to make the prototype. (laughs) And I sold both of them at that conference. And I was just like, screw nonprofit health work. I'm an entrepreneur. (laughs) And so I came home. She had to look that word up and figure out how to spell it. Yeah, (laughs) I still do. (laughs) So two weeks later, the health departments that I sold the costumes to called us and said, hey, We're having a health fair and we need some stress balls and t-shirts. Can you do that? And I said, sure. And (laughs) I had no idea where to get them. And I ended up buying them from another distributor and was shocked at the pricing that he gave me because I was reselling it to somebody else. And this is 
a lesson learned as a distributor is don't put the weekly sales of the t-shirt prices behind your head on your bulletin board. Because <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I remember talking to him and I'm looking at him and I'm like, why she's looking I... at the prices that he's quoted her. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, why am I paying $9 for this shirt? And I said, I want that price there. It's white t-shirts. 99, 99 cents. cents. From Sanmar. And I'm like, who's Sanmar? Who's Sanmar? (laughs) (laughs) And off I went. (laughs) So that's how we got started just over 20 years ago. And as you know, we launched as Zippy Dogs, your loyal brand companion, and then switched our name last year in January of 2020 to Brand Pride. You don't really have a tagline for brand pride other than make Make your your mark mark matter. matter. You know, when you think about the word, the name brand pride, you think about people being proud of their brand, employees wanting to wear their brand. You also think about the word pride and, you know, what that means to different people. So, you know, we thought that was a great new name to rebrand as. And, you know, unfortunately, we got a little shadowed by that thing called COVID that hit right after our rebrand. How dare it. Damn COVID. So inconvenient. <laughs> Such a pain in the ass, right? But, but there was another reason too why yes. we changed our name. It's kind of a, what do you call it? Double entendre. It was coming up on our 20th anniversary and we needed a change. But in 2011, we didn't know it, but we could be certified as an LGBT owned business. And we got certified And it just opened the doors to so many big corporations. It's through the National Gay Lesbian Chamber of Commerce. And they have about 300 of the Fortune 500 companies who have put aside money to specifically spend with LGBT-owned businesses. And it took us three years to get our first contract with, I think it was Edison of Southern California. But it was really hard to break into these companies because we were so small and just, you know, banging on the doors, getting the door shut. You know, you're too small, blah, blah, blah. But at least having that national certification, being certified as an LGBT enterprise, opened some doors and opened some eyes, communications, started getting invited to the dance. You might not get asked to dance, but you're at least invited. In 2018, we went to a big conference called Out and Equal, and it's where all of the Fortune 500 companies, employee resource groups, specifically LGBTQ, get together and discuss how to create an inclusive environment within their companies. And we had a booth, and most of the booths there are like huge, like Coca-Cola, Toyota, Boeing, Ernst and & Young, Microsoft, just like these huge, like huge corporate boring $200,000 boring boots. And I think we had a budget of, I don't know, $500. So we spent most of it on a giant unicorn, like huge 15 <laughs> foot unicorn. Well, the cost of the booth was, was like $5,000, you know, a lot for us. And that was discounted. They gave us a great discount because we were like, oh my God, really? And then we get there and we see, we start talking to some of the people who help, you know, curate the booths for these multi-million dollar corporations. 
And they started telling us how much they spent to not only have a booth there, but to bring their employees there. And minds were blown. But of course, we had giveaways and we had really cool gay giveaways. We had like the clack fans. And well, first of all, we had a, an enormous blow up unicorn that was up over our booth. You could see it from across the room. So people were just entranced and gravitated towards our booth. Everybody started hearing about our, what was our little lounge called we created? Glitter Lounge. We call our unicorn in our logo, they, they're, them, glitter. Glitter the unicorn had a party lounge at our booth called the Glitter Lounge. It was kind of dark and had you disco know, ball, disco ball and lights and music and a place for people to sit down. We had mitts and condoms in there. We had gay Pringles. <laughs> And we kept telling people, send people to our booth for gay water and gay Pringles. And we just had water and, and Pringles for people to snack on. But did we have anything gay on them at all? No. We just handed it to them and say, just be warned, these are gay. <laughs> You're not gay. You might turn gay. Here you go. But people were coming to our booth and just we loving it. We had lines. Like all the other corporations are like, what are you guys doing? And we're like, it's called marketing. <laughs> <laughs> We also had a fabulous, oh, a boylesque performer, a boylesque performer dressed up in a unicorn costume that he made. So you know, and no shirt on, no shirt. His whole <laughs> beautiful, body. his whole tight outfit was like cut out around his chest and looked like I don't know, it's like a spandex material. He'd created this incredible rainbow mane that went all down the back of his head and down his back. And he was wearing eight inch heels and he was walking the floor of this business center where we all were displaying. Everybody thought that the people putting on the conference had hired this guy. And when he came up and told us that, we put a placard on his chest. I taped it to his <laughs> and said, you know, go to the brand pride booth for more of this kind of fun. And everybody was running up to him for pictures and on his chest, it said brand pride. And, you know, we adapt quickly. <laughs> Just so much fun. But what happened is in order for them to get a prize or a, or a chance to spin the wheel at our booth, we had a little form they had to fill out. We learned this the hard way too. You can do this electronically. But we did it via paper. So they had to fill out their email address. And then the question was, do you use an LGBT vendor for Pride? And we got over 1,500 to fill it out and handed out 1,500 prizes. We tallied them all up. And at the end of the day, less than 6% used an LGBT vendor for their Pride t-shirts, their banners. And we were horrified. We're like, this is bullshit. That was the same trade show that we attended where we came up with the phrase economic inclusion. And we'd never heard that term before, but we were trying to have really good conversation with people that were coming to our trade show booth. And we said that the best way to put it is economic inclusion. You've heard the phrase gay washing, and I know it's probably a question that's listed here today, but when it came to the subject of gay washing, you know, we said, you turn that around and don't be a company that just gay washes, but be a company, be a big business that believes in economic inclusion. And that's taking everything, you know, from pride and using those LGBTQ certified vendors. 
we started asking them to spend intentionally. Yeah. To really think about where their money's going. And a crazy thing is, is it's working. We had helped about four companies do Pride. And then the next year it bounced up to eight. It's almost as if we were guilting them into using us. But we're like, you know what? You you really need to walk the talk. Otherwise, but, it really doesn't come through as anything but a little fake or a little yep. false to the employees. And I feel like we're like jumping ahead, you guys, and talking about things that you haven't even asked us yet. But, you know, that's how we jumped from Zippy Dogs to Brand Pride. And what made us want to make that change to that is we, too, felt like we needed to walk the talk, you know? It's so interesting as well is that you were at a conference out in Equal. It's meant to be an inclusive environment. It's meant to be about vendors, either who are LGBTQIA or intending to appeal or work with this environment. And it's still like 6% is so low. Yeah. Did you advertise that after the fact? How did you guilt them exactly? We totally did that. Is it still on our homepage? It probably is on our homepage. I think we bumped it up to 10% because we we started seeing a change, but we did. We took those statistics and we put it right on the homepage of Brand Pride and just said, you know, here's what we've discovered through, you know, some of our surveys. And it did work because we went from four prides to eight prides. When she says pride, she's talking about actual pride activations with these large companies. So in 2019... We helped 36 Fortune 500 companies do their prides. Anyone from Twitter to Microsoft to Bristol-Myers Squibb. And then in 2020, we had 45 all lined up. And within six weeks, it just like went poof, gone. We started coining the phrase, you can't quarantine pride. And then we started reaching out to all those prides that we were going to have activations with in 2020. And we're like, as far as we see it, you can't quarantine pride. You still have employees. Pride isn't going away. And so how do you want to help celebrate it? And we had a handful of these companies reach back out and they're like, yeah, you know, you're right. We had, you know, $50,000 in our budget for pride this year. And we're going to go back to our leadership and make sure that we can still use that. How can you help us? And we're like, perfect. Let's do pride delivered. Let's get curated pride boxes put together and ship to every single employee that's working from home that's a part of your ERG or BRG group membership or whatever your budget you know, allows for. So we started Pride Delivered to their employees' homes. And Twitter did a great job with that. Do you remember who else? HelloFresh. Yep. Oh, gosh. I can't. It's a blur. It's a blur. <laughs> We're doing the same thing this year just with more companies. But it's still frustrating. I'm on LinkedIn and I see some really large name companies and they're like, we believe in diversity and inclusion. And I have emailed these people five, six, seven times. And I'm like, but are you walking the talk? Who's doing your pride gear? I know who's doing your pride gear. It's a straight white male, non-gay company. (laughs) June rolls around, right? And pride explodes on social media and it's great. And it's a big celebration. But then, you know, July rolls around and poof, it's gone. So what are your thoughts on the abundance of rainbow advertising and the rainbow branding and everything that happens during June? And I know we talked a little bit about gay washing. So 
what are your thoughts around gay washing and how big pride can be and then how fast it retreats again once it's over? Hmm. Good question. I know a lot of companies that we are working with, especially this year, have stated that they're starting to refer to it as Pride 365. They want to not just make it a month-long event, but to keep poking every single month because Prides actually really start in February and they go all the way until November. But the big, big month is June because that's when Stonewall happened 52 years ago. But yeah, that's a great question because, you know, maybe there's something that we can be doing to help push these companies to keep it just not in June. I think too, one of the perks of us getting our foot in the door, we refer to this as the Trojan Trojan unicorn. unicorn. (laughs) (laughs) We just speak in stereo. (laughs) It makes all of the taglines so much better when you say them in unison. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) But the Trojan unicorn for us is this. We get certified, we get registered in the portal, we become a vendor or supplier to some of these large companies. And even though they're like, we're only going to use you for pride. We're like, okay. Even though, you know, that might be the intention, what happens is they like working with us. We're a little bit different. We're a little more creative. We're a little bit fresh. We're kind of spicy. (laughs) So all of a sudden, you know, when they have a, a conference coming up and they're like, gosh, we had so much fun working with Kelly and Elise and Jeremy and the folks over at Brand Pride, you know, why don't we work with them for this conference? They were great to work with. That's our Trojan unicorn. Next thing you know, we're we start working with this department, that department. When somebody goes to their portal to look up companies, they can go in and click a button that says, I want to work with a diverse company. And all of a sudden they're going to see all their diverse suppliers and we're going to be there with the unicorn and our logo and Brand Pride. And people are like, yeah. And then they're like, oh, I remember the, some of the stuff that I got at Pride this year. And I'll check with so-and-so and see, you know, who they worked with. And next thing you know, we've kind of weaseled our way in to starting to work with How these companies. How do you unicorn your way in? Can you unicorn your way in? Probably. You, use your alicorn. You put your horn forward and blow <laughs> glitter in the door. They can't close it. <laughs> I kind of love that because my question to you is, How does this extend beyond pride to you? Do you find some of your vendors were like, tick, we did it, nailed it? Or do you find that exactly like you said, like you're the Trojan unicorn at this point, that you've got your foot in the door and it's just your chance to prove yourself? That's exactly how it works. That's what happens. I think the only time that might not be possible is if they already have a big contract signed with another company and they made an exception and got permission to use an LGBTQ. And I think that goes to large companies really, truly wanting to walk the talk and not be gay washing, where they go in and say, yes, you're right. Even though we have a signed contract with somebody like Staples or, you know, some larger company than us to do all their swag and they have a store that Staples built and they have all that, you know, somebody's gone to the effort to advocate to their diversity managers, to their purchasing managers, to make sure that for Pride, at least, they could do that spend. And it has to be someone on the inside of the Mm -hmm. company that's passionate. Otherwise, most purchasing managers, they don't care. They just want the lowest price. 
So it has to be someone on their DNI team that fights for you. Yep. But we've had companies that do that. And so it happens. And I think more and more as companies get more vested in DEI and diversity and inclusion, all of that. Which is actually kind of the wave. We've been involved in diversity and inclusion since 2011 with the National Gay Lesbian Chamber of Commerce. And it hasn't been until these last two years that we've been approached by other really large companies who want to bring us on board to use our LGBT certification. Yeah. I think interesting. it is interesting. And I think, I honestly believe that part of that is the whole Black Lives Matter movement. I think that it's just elevated on so many levels, the consciousness of businesses and their employees. And I have no doubt in my mind that BLM has really made a lot of companies think about their minority businesses that they do business with and has you know made it more important to not just go in there and check a box, but to be more authentic about what they're doing because it means more to their employees and it means more to their customers and it should mean a lot more to those businesses as well. It's exactly like you said at the beginning where having this certification doesn't mean you're going to dance at the ball, but it gets you to the ball. It opens up a door and, and I agree with you. It's sort of the awareness has changed from yeah, okay, you know, let's look at like an LGBTQ, a diverse, a women-owned business to here is the amount of spend that I'm going to dedicate to this versus the, sure, that sounds like a cool idea. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's such a great example of how supporting communities helps all of the communities that lend the support too, right? Exactly. That's a better way of stating what I was trying to say. I think it really puts a focus on those companies to be real. I feel like you have all these really big promotional product companies like Four Imprints, for example, or Staples. And there are these massive companies and pride comes around. And these big companies are like, yeah, let's just get our stuff. And then here's us down here going, hey, (laughs) hey, look at We get the same prices as they get. (laughs) This kind of goes into the thing that I've always been frustrated about come June or come May when everyone's doing the purchasing is that this kind of like, oh, I need pride items. I think someone posted once, they're like, oh, I need items for pride. And I was kind of going like, pride is not a color category. It's not like anything with rainbows. It's, (laughs) It's a movement. It's an awareness. It's all these things. And so for you, it kind of ties into beyond like, guess what? We can put a rainbow on it is the idea of guess what? Like, this is the intention behind the event pride is having an LGBTQ. Mm -hmm. So how do you kind of express that message to people beyond having a glitter unicorn as your logo? (laughs) I always write about spending intentionally. I send emails to the people and just flat out say what the statistics are. I know who you use. It's not an LGBT vendor. Would you consider giving us a try? For instance, LA Dodgers is doing their Pride Nights this weekend, and they do a huge Pride Night and did some research. I've been going to the MLB winter meetings and talked to the procurement people, and my whole thing is being gay all day and purchasing from an LGBT vendor. And 
it just takes time. I knocked on their doors for four years in a row and I saw something on Facebook. They said, hey, we're having our pride night this year. La, 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 la. And did I, they say that? He went, la, 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 oh, la, la. <laughs> Actually, they didn't say that. That was in my head. so I went in did an instant message in Facebook and I saw that I had already emailed him three other years in a row and I said hey it's me again (laughs) are you using an LGBT vendor for your pride night and he responded was it a yes or no he goes we use a variety of vendors but I got his email address finally got to the top of his radar and I'm going to send him an email tomorrow. That's awesome. So it just takes time. It's being patiently persistent. A lot of times I want to get mad and just say, you guys are such fakers. You know, you know what I do. You know what you need to do. Why are you not doing it? But back to Kate's question about, you know, not just being about rainbow and not just being about the month of June. And Josh, you had that same question. I don't know. We're all about being gay all day. And so (laughs) you're gay past June 30th, basically. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We're certified people. But yeah, it's, I don't know. It's a great question. I feel like the question is way beyond our scope of influence, but it's like, you know, companies that you know, you celebrate Martin Luther King Day, that's a day. And you've got Juneteenth, that's a day. How does any company celebrate it all all year round? And I think that's through their ERG groups. I think those corporations do it through their diversity and inclusion, and they do it through their hiring. And they do it to make sure that they're bringing in diverse people, backgrounds, skills, experiences, because they benefit from that. Oh, they know it makes their company better. Yep. They know that. You find new talent because You're a company that's known for being a great company to work for, one that celebrates diversity and inclusion and that kind of thing. So there is a price, you know, companies do benefit from it. They benefit by the talent they're going to be able to bring in. They benefit by appealing to their client and customer base because they're representing what our world looks like and what their customer base looks like. It's just like all the commercials that we're starting to see take a change on TV a little bit. I mean, have you ever seen so many gay couples in a commercial? Have you ever seen so many black and white couples? I mean, I'm seeing it left and right. And I know, you know, some people are going to take a stance and say, no, now that's getting ridiculous. And I'm like, no, it's starting to represent our society. It's representing all the people in the U.S. And it's just like, they're just starting to catch up. It's not pandering. They're catching up with and starting to reflect the world around them. What was the gum commercial that just happened like two weeks ago? Was it Double Mint or the, about the pandemic? Yeah, like the post-pandemic gum <laughs> commercial and everybody in the park and that was awesome. Yeah. They- yes. Oh my god. <laughs> but that's the interesting thing too is that media is starting to reflect the world, and efforts are being shown. I think it's one of those things as well is that certification can kind of take these hits of like, oh, they're just doing it because they're diverse, they're LGBT, they're women known. That's not it. Like you got that job because you came with the better ideas, you came with the better message and the better marketing. And so how do you make sure that you don't get used for that moment? How they stay authentic with the work that they're doing and the work that you're doing? 
I think we do that just continuing our level of service that we provide them and make sure we're not disappointing. And by doing that, I think they see that we're not just a company to use for their pride activations, but for any project that comes along and with any job that you do, you know, there's referrals from within and it starts building and building and building. A great example of that is Bristol Myers Squibb. We did, I think their first LGBT group back in like 2013 or 14, and they wanted silly putty and they wanted um, 144 silly putties. Yeah. And then they wanted them in rainbow color to sit in an egg carton or something like that. It was like, you know, $240 order. And then, you know, next thing you know, we are now one of Bristol Myers Squibbs. They only allow four or five companies to decorate product for them with their logo on it. And we are one of those companies. And we have a client base working with well over a hundred different departments at Bristol Myers Squibb. And I think that goes to show you how we got our foot in the door. I don't even know if we were certified. No, yeah, we were certified. But I don't know that anybody knew what that certification was or what it meant. I mean, I don't think we even knew the value of the conversation that we could have with them. But we started out with, you know, a few hundred dollars with them. And now they're one of our largest clients. And not only did we work with them for Pride this year, but we've worked with, you know, probably over, I'm guessing somewhere around 150 different departments at BMS now. That's how you do it. You'll infiltrate. (laughs) Well, one of the other things too, is we kind of have the pulse on what's happening in the LGBTQ community. And some of our suppliers are finally including, you know, rainbow tote bags and stuff like that. But they're about two years behind because now the black and brown stripes and pink and blue and white stripes will now have a progress flag. Does anyone carry a progress flag? No. Only in one size. Three. Oh, I don't did you know. Find it? Did no, you find I, it? I don't think, you know, that's a funny thing. <laughs> I don't think there's any flag supplier in our industry right now that carries the progressive flag. There are some that carry the Philly flag, which is, you know, the black, brown, and then the rainbow, and then the progressive flag. And, you know, I understand why it's hard for them because we've just changed the after having the rainbow flag for um, what feels like a million years, <laughs> now we're changing it on them and it became the Philly flag and that became the requested flag. And then, you know, last year it became the progressive flag. So, you know, the mark is getting changed on the flag, you know, suppliers. So we need to land on a flag and stick with it for uh, another, we won't. Uh, we're another of, 50 years. We're a bunch <laughs> of cleats. But we won't. There's a lot you know, more colors out there. <laughs> yeah, it's always good. Well, but I mean, it was the same flag for so long, and I can understand why they're afraid to put it on their shelves because we might change our minds again. But one of the things that we started doing over the last two years is we are also purposely trying to use minority and woman-owned businesses. I think there's one LGBT-owned business, maybe Twinkie Print. I don't know. It's hard to find. It's, they're hard to find, but we found our own lesbian in Taiwan and China, and we use her for as many pride products as we can. So we're walking the talk as well. It's a challenge to find suppliers in our industry that have the LGBTQ certification and partly because nobody's asking them for it. It's not like I can go to ESP and Sage and specifically check the box LGBT company. There's only about 1,600 LGBT vendors in the country. There's probably about 
15 LGBT promotional product suppliers. And then you look at how many women-owned certified businesses, there's probably 20,000. So it's kind of like a needle in a haystack to find a LGBTQ promotional product supplier. Why did I say that? I don't know. (laughs) I want more people to come out. (laughs) Another question I have is, have you seen promo changed in that way? Just talking about the swag or is it just, do you think people are there and they just aren't out? Or do you think that it's just, you don't talk about it? I'll give you an example. One of the biggest suppliers in our industry has a can cooler and they're very proud of it. And it starts out around the top is red, yellow, orange, and the whole bottom side is purple. And that thing is sitting there. You can't even, you can't even see the purple. You know what I mean? And so I remember going to my rep going, hey, you need to fix your can koozie. That's a popular item for pride because, you know, people are out in the hot sun. They've got bottles of water. They want to have the koozies on them. And they're like, well, when it's flat and they're being thrown, you can see the purple. And I'm like, yeah, but people want to see the flag. And the flag doesn't hide the purple. And now it doesn't hide the black and the brown and the red, the yellow, the orange and stuff. I feel like when they come up with their product, sometimes they, they don't consult. They don't consult. and. A lot of times they don't include all the colors of the rainbow. I mean, even before the black and the brown and the trans colors were added for the progressive flag, even then a rainbow stripe wasn't truly a pride stripe. And it's not that those, hard to Google Every it. single color in the pride flag means something. The red means something. Every single color. And so when you can't see one color, I don't know, it's very lacking. And, you know, so generally, you know, we're not as concerned about that. Our industry is really vanilla. Yeah. So vanilla. It's really white. So, you know, the thing is, is in all honesty, a lot of times you're just looking for a white product because our clients are going to have the rainbow logo in everything they want to print. There's just nothing that isn't blasted rainbow in every single logo that we do for Pride, with the exception of Bristol Myers Squibb. They have new branding guidelines and it can be a two color imprint. That's it. So, you know, so they're like, can we put our logo on something really rainbow forward? Because we only want our logo done a certain way. So we were challenged in that rainbow forward. Rainbow <laughs> forward product is what they say. <laughs> and then we said, we'll circle back to you on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that goes into rainbow as a color category. So yeah. Yep. Yeah. But no, the suppliers in our industry, let's just say when they're coming up with ideas for their product that they think is going to be great for pride, it's not a wowzer. How do you think they can change it? What would be your advice to suppliers and other distributors or even buyers? How do you change this? When they're in the product development phase, bring in the queers. Let them get involved in the design. Ask for input. I mean, you would be surprised at how creative they are. Yeah, I mean, they uh, are. We are. I mean, just expand your creative base to include people who know what they're talking about. And it'll blow people's minds. We're all about a party. Put some glitter on it. That's the only thing I could say is, you know, when you're thinking about creating product for pride, get the right people involved. Yeah. Yep. Don't slap a rainbow on it. Yep. Because you may not do it right. (laughs) Wrong purple. (laughs) Kind of the idea is like your room should always be bigger. (laughs) Should always like just show it around me like, what are your thoughts? Like any feedback? (laughs) Yep. So this has been fantastic. And thank you for joining us and, and talking with us. Do you have any other comments that you wanted to make about Pride and Promo? Yes. We introduced a new product this year. 
It's called Pride in a Box, prideinabox.com. 95% of the products were sourced or designed through an LGBTQ supplier. And it's basically a box filled with really cool, up-to-date Pride products that you can send to people this year since most of the Prides are canceled yet again. But check it out. You're doing Pride Delivered again. Yep. Pride Delivered. Except this is called Pride Delivered is what we use when we help our clients curate. (laughs) So our registered name there is Pride Delivered. And then we help them curate a box that's going to go out to their employees and their staff. But Pride in a Box is a a website, consumer store that you can go visit and purchase Pride gifts for everybody that you might want to send. It's got some classics and it's got some new ideas and definitely worth checking out. And there's one naughty product in there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now everyone has to go check it out to see what it is. (laughs) I'm blushing thinking about it. Like chocolate, like candy, is it that? (laughs) Well, thank you, Kelly and Elise and Josh. Thank you for joining us and have a great day. Thanks again for listening to this edition of the Promo Kitchen podcast. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, you can always get involved in the Promo Kitchen community by visiting us at promokitchen.org. You can also show your support by donating to our cause at promokitchen.org donate. We would sincerely appreciate it. See you next time. Thank you.